Hi, my name is Mike Dillard, and this is Self Made Man, the podcast for those who want to leave their mark on the world and create a legacy of honor, integrity, and achievement in every aspect of your life. I'm glad you're here, and once again, it is time to forge your destiny. I've often said on this podcast that there are only two ways to transform a society for better or worse, and that is through the barrel of a gun or through the minds of the next generation. Well, today we're joined by Ryan Mickler, who has seen the impact that America's decaying values have had, specifically on our young men over the past decade. Today, men and masculinity are under attack. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone who pays attention to any kind of online media these days. Men of all ages are being taught by the media that they are bad, that they are broken, and that they are wrong. The institutions that have served as sacred havens for brotherhood and camaraderie, like the Boy Scouts or like the field of battle, have been recently taken away from them, and simply being a masculine man today invites judgment and shame from an ever-increasing number of mentally ill people who are angry at the world and who have been told that it's all men's fault. Now, when you combine that kind of social pressure and influence with the fact that most young men over the past couple of decades have grown up without a father or a positive male role model in their lives who can teach them how to be an honest, strong protector or provider, you end up with a generation of men who do not know what it looks like to be a man anymore. Unfortunately, this attack on men will eventually collapse society, and it's one of the reasons why I started this podcast four years ago. Now, I'm not alone in my observations or my actions. Ryan is, without a doubt, one of the biggest leaders in this movement and the founder of orderofman.com. And as you'll hear today, Ryan's story is one that began with himself and the problems that he was experiencing in his own life as he struggled to figure out what it means to become a husband and a father while never having one to learn from when he was a child. Well, over the past few years, Ryan's personal transformation has been absolutely incredible as he's literally gone from the overweight, tie-wearing corporate guy straight out of the movie office space to a true leader of men in every way. Today, his message is simple. It's that every man is born with just one thing, and that is his sovereignty, his power to respond to his environment and his circumstances. Well, unfortunately, most men have been taught by society to give away that sovereignty. Every time a man passes blame or skirts a responsibility, every time he makes excuses for his performance, and every time he trades his unlimited potential for a little perceived safety and security, he willingly submits himself to the mercy of others. Now, you don't have to look very far to recognize that men don't seem to possess the same amount of vigor or purpose that they once did. You simply have to take a look at one statistic, the rate of suicide in men today, and you begin to see how damaging the effects of this voluntary subjugation are to their lives, their families, their businesses, and to our society as a whole. Ryan's message of personal sovereignty is a call for men to once again rise up and establish themselves as the leaders that they've always been. And as for the amazing women out there who support and listen to this show, I want to say thank you. While helping men become the best that they can be may be the purpose of Order of Man and what we do here at Self Made Man You are the ultimate beneficiary of our work as we strive to build a better husbands, fathers, partners, and sons for you. So thank you. And with that being said, please help me welcome Ryan Mickler. This podcast is brought to you by selfmademan.com where you can get the knowledge and skills that you need to dramatically improve your business, 
and transform your relationships from the best teachers in the world. After you listen to today's episode, make sure you head to selfmademan.com and check out the brand new video class from Ryan Mickler on how to turn your mission into a movement. How's it going, everybody? Mike Diller here. And today we're joined by a good friend of mine, a fellow entrepreneur and a fellow colleague in the personal development realm for men, Mr. Ryan Mickler of orderofman.com. Ryan, it's great to finally have you on the show. I am looking forward to it, man. It's been a long time in the works. I remember, I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we started our podcast uh, about the same time, roughly, I don't know, three, three and a half years ago or yeah. so. And I, I remember looking at the charts every day, like wondering when I was going to hit that top 10 or whatever it was. Yep. And and without fail, I'd always see self-made man. I'm like, damn that Mike Dillard <laughs> <laughs> right there in front of me. You know what I mean? But man, honored to, honored to uh, get to know you and become friends over this time. Well, you're killing it, man. You're killing it. Uh, you guys are, you guys, the podcast is by far an eclipsed ours. Y'all do such a great job with it. I know you put up a couple new episodes a week and you're just a great host, man. So congrats to you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That means a lot to me. You bet. Of course. So today we're going to talk about your evolution as a man because you've gone through a huge one. And I'm going to see if we can maybe get some photos of you a few years ago. (laughs) I think I've burned most of them, but there's probably still a few floating around. Yeah, for it's not the right word and it's not meant to be the wrong way. But for lack of a better word, like the beta male version of Ryan versus 100% the alpha alpha leader that you are today. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. And we've all gone through that, right? Like I went through that personal evolution as well. Gosh, 12, 15 years ago now. And I, I can relate. And fortunately, we were both exposed to other men who inspired us to break out of that shell and become who we really were and to fulfill our potential. So mm-hmm. that's really what Order of Man is about for you and what you help other men do. That's in many ways what Self-Made Man is designed to do as well. And so we're on a very similar mission, and I wanted to have you on the show to talk about your evolution and how you made it possible, because I can't think of anything that's more important for the guys who are listening to the show today than for them to head down that path, because the, the, the difference in the, the end result of your life could not be further apart. And option A, continuing what you're doing. Option B, break out of your shell, become a leader discover your confidence and your courage and and just dominate the world basically so I mean absolutely that's that's the goal and you know I know you talk a lot about entrepreneurship and I follow your show closely and love every episode that you put out there and I think that that what we probably will do today just based on what we've talked about is taking that step back right and really getting right with yourself first and what I've found is that when you get right with yourself and we'll talk more about what that means uh, some of these other things start to fall into line and come into play and you actually position yourself to be a great entrepreneur or a great father or a great husband or whatever your goal and ambition is. Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurship takes courage and resolve mm-hmm. and neither of those things are found in an individual who hasn't found, hasn't found themselves yet, especially for guys. And so let's start back with your story and let's go through your evolution for a little bit. And then we're going to spend the second half of the show today going through the process that allowed you to get here that you've now essentially documented and, and that you're teaching other guys. Yeah, you bet. You bet. If if I were to rewind 
and I, and I won't give you the long drawn out version, but this, this really started for me and, and thousands, if not millions of other men when I was three years old. Uh, my dad was out of the picture. He unfortunately got into drugs and alcohol and him and my mother split. I had a couple other stepfathers come into my life. One when I was nine, uh, another one when I was 14. And these were not great examples of men. One was an alcoholic. Uh, the other was verbally and emotionally abusive, very charismatic, very successful as a business owner and taught me a lot from that perspective. But at the same time, used the talents and the gifts and the skills and the abilities he had to push other people down rather than bring people up. And I don't remember when I was younger through middle school and high school, really knowing any different until I got into high school and started looking around and seeing what some of my buddies on the football team and baseball team were doing. And I'd look and see that they're having campouts with their dad and they're, you know, in the yard throwing with a white picket fence, you know, that, that vision that we all have of what it's quote unquote supposed to be. And that for me was the first time that I thought to myself, man, I want that. Like I didn't, I didn't have that growing up, but sometimes when you live life, you're, you're, you're in this box. You don't know any different. You don't have any frame of reference. And that's where I was. So I thought this was just life and this is how it was supposed to be. And for me, the problems that stem from men growing up or excuse me, boys growing up without strong male role models in the home is, is, is a problem that really didn't manifest for me until I got married. And when I got married, I had no idea how a man treats his wife, how a man interacts and engages in his community, how a man raises children. And my wife and I, this was almost about 10 years ago now, went through a separation. We got into an argument one evening. I can't even remember what the argument was about, but I remember it was years and years of contention and frustration and animosity and bitterness. And it boiled over that night. And I told her that I didn't even want to be married anymore. And she agreed. And the next morning she left and took my six month old son at the time. And for the longest time, I blamed her. How could she do this to me? Why was she disloyal? Why didn't she appreciate what I was doing? I was trying to create this business and bring income into the family and do what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I remember I was driving down the road. This was probably three and a half, four months into our separation. I was driving down the road. I remember the road I was on. I remember the cross street. And I said to myself, you know, maybe you actually have something to do with this. Like maybe it isn't entirely all her fault. And up until that point, what I was trying to do is to control her, frankly. Like what could I do to get her to change? What could I do to get her to see things differently so that I could win her back? And none of that was working. And the more I tried to control and manipulate and strong arm and coerce her, the greater wedge I drove between her and I. And at that moment, I realized as much as I didn't want to admit that our marriage was probably over. And that was something very, very difficult for me to wrestle with because I still loved her. I still wanted to be with her and I wanted to be with my son. So it was very difficult for me to wrestle with. But at the same time, that thought was probably the catalyst for the most liberating, transformative thought in my entire life. And that is, there's nothing I can do to control her. So I'm just going to focus on me. And I did. And we'll, we'll talk more about what that is. But I really went to work on myself. I, I, I consumed the right information. I found men who were succeeding in different facets of life. I started working out, started to grow the business and just really at that moment in my life took care of myself. And what was very fascinating about this is as I began to take care of myself and do what a man I believe is supposed to do on this planet, 
she responded to that. Uh, long story short, this year marks our 14th year wedding anniversary. Uh, we've got four kids and life is good. You know, we have our challenges and ups and downs, but this comes from taking ownership and responsibility of my life. And I let go of the excuses and lies that I told about my, my father and the economy and my wife and this and that as to why I wasn't achieving success. And I took it upon my shoulders so I could actually do something about it. So that was kind of the, the spark, right? The ignition for change. And yes. And then what did that look like to actually get back together, right? What were the conversations that were had that allowed or created the opportunity for you guys to, to come back together, move back in together and, and what took place there? Yeah, I remember, I remember we went on a date and I remember going on the date, having this new perspective. It was almost like a first date and it was from a position of, and I know this is going to come out wrong, but this is what it was, is that I don't necessarily need this woman in my life anymore. And, and I know that comes out wrong. But, but hear me out on this is that I am strong and I am independent and I can make a life that I need without her. And she could do the same thing, frankly. And because we were strong individually, it made us stronger collectively. And there wasn't this, this, this begging or this need or this desire for attention. And she could feel that. She's told me she could feel that. She felt that I didn't need necessarily need her, that I wanted her, yes, but that I didn't need her in my life. And I think this is the problem a lot of men have in their relationships is they turn everything over to their spouses, to their wives, and she's asked to play both the role of, of wife and husband. And what ends up happening is she gets burnt out. And we hear this when we see hear, hear guys say, you know, my wife doesn't love me anymore. She says she's not in love or the spark's not there. Well, yeah, you burned it out because you relied on her so heavily for all of your mental and emotional support and baggage that she just couldn't shoulder that burden anymore. And so for me, it was about taking ownership of my life, taking responsibility for my life, for my part to play in this thing. And the conversations we had is here's what I'm going to do and here's how I'm going to live this and not just talk, but she actually began to see that. Because she saw me going to the gym and working out. She saw me doing the things I needed to do at the office. She saw me finding balance between being there and present at work and then being there and present at home. And it all came through, again, taking ownership and responsibility of my life. Yeah, it's awesome. Take us through your start as an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. So I had a financial planning at the uh, practice at the time. And uh, actually, at the time, I was working for a, a financial planning company. And about six years into that, I realized that what I was giving up a percentage of my compensation in return for some training and some support was significantly skewed in their favor. <laughs> I started, just started doing the math. I'm like, man, this doesn't make sense. So I took about seven or eight months and really learned the back end of how to how to manage a business, the numbers, the accounting, the reporting, the sales, the marketing, as much as I possibly could. And uh, eight months after I had realized that I was, I was not, it, it was not a fair and equitable partnership at that point. Eight months after that, I, I started my own firm. And that was about four, that was about five years ago. So I started my own financial planning firm and from immediately, I mean, it just did really, really well. It took off and things are just going better than I ever could have expected. 
And I started looking around because what was happening is I saw all these guys in the financial planning field who were, who were living and marketing like they were 40 years ago. And I thought, well, that's great. But quite honestly, all of these clients are, and I know this is going to sound morbid, but these clients are dying. And the people that are, are, are going to replace these clients of yours are young and they believe in technology and they, they, they are tuned in and more tapped into news and information. And, and we're no longer the gatekeeper of that information. So how could I just become a catalyst for sharing financial information and, uh, and open the floodgates and allow people to come to me? And at the time I was listening to podcasts. So I started a podcast called Wealth Anatomy. And this was a podcast geared towards helping medical professionals with their, their, uh, their financial decisions. And I did about 20 episodes and I realized I really loved the medium, but I was having these conversations on the side with, with guys, my buddies and, and people that I knew and met about the problems that I had in my relationship and how we were able to solve a lot of those problems. And every guy I talked to was like, man, I've been there. I went through a divorce or I had that situation or I want to lose weight. And they just, they kept talking about all of this stuff. So what I did is I said, you know, I'm going to keep the financial planning practice. I'm going to grow this. I'm going to do this as well as I can, but I'm going to just pivot on the podcast. And March of 2015, I started the Order of Man podcast. And from day one, I remember the first day I received more downloads on that podcast the first day than I had in like 20 episodes of the financial planning uh, podcast. And from there, man, it's just been off to the races and it's grown exponentially over three years. It's been absolutely amazing. And so I took everything I learned from running that business and really have applied it to how I grow order of man. And a lot of this is, is through marketing. I love the marketing component. I love the message. Of course, you got to have the message, but the marketing is very, very fascinating to me. It's been a, it's been a cool ride. Well, let's talk about that, right? Like when did you switch to order of man and make that your primary gig and why? Yeah. So I was, so I had the financial planning practice for, or excuse me, order of man in March of 2015 in November, I was talking with my wife about it and she said, you know, I, I, I can see this light in your eyes and, and, and what you're doing with order of man and the podcast is amazing. But every single week you take more and more time from your financial planning practice and put it into order of man so you either need to scale back or figure out a way to make money. And I told her, I'm like, well, I'm not scaling back. If anything, I'm doubling down on this thing. She's like, great, then figure out a way to make money. And I, we had a Facebook group of about a thousand people, a thousand men at that time. And a lot of them were asking, what's next? You know, like you have the podcast, we have the Facebook group. Like, what if we want more information? Where do we go? And I didn't have anything available. So I was listening to a podcast and they said, start a course. I'm like, great. Sounds good. I have no idea what I'm doing. Sounds good. So I started a course in November uh, of that same year. So, you know, seven months and I, I sold 12 spots overnight, overnight. And it was a 90 day course, uh, significantly underpriced. And we went for about 60 days and the guys were like, we want to keep going. How do we keep going? Well, now that's turned into a full fledged Initially, I called it a mastermind, but it's so large now that I don't call it a mastermind. It's a brotherhood. And that has been the catalyst for growth and then me transitioning. So it took about, to answer your question very succinctly, it took about a year between the time that I started the Order of Man podcast to the time that I felt comfortable scaling back in small incremental amounts from the financial planning practice. And this year, we're actually selling the financial planning practice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then what, 
was it like to launch the podcast? Did you have an audience at the time when you did it? Or did you just record episode one, two, and three, put them on iTunes without any? It's, you yeah, know? it's a little bit of both. So I, I recorded three episodes, like you said. I think that was that's kind of like the standard that we hear. So I recorded three episodes, put them out there, and I had zero audience when it comes to order of man type audience. Mm. But I had I had my clients, had people that were listening to the financial planning podcast and it's going to sound funny, but I didn't know any different. I just went out to all of my financial planning clients and everybody who was listening to the podcast. And I said, look, this may or may not be relevant to you, but it's what I'm doing. Please listen in, please share, please leave me a review. So I didn't have any audience at all when it came to this, this man space, if you will, but I had the financial planning audience and I just reached out and, and that was kind of scary because I was telling them that I was pivoting essentially and so that was a scary thing to do, but I, I knew it had to be done if I wanted to get some traction early on in this thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what I'm. I'm sure that's a hesitation for a lot of people, right? There's a there's a hesitation of doing something and putting it out there and and getting no response back at all, right? Because that just yeah, oh yeah, not going to feel good. So I want people to to know that that's where you started and um, and you know have turned it into what you've turned it into now. So what has been the most advantageous or beneficial marketing strategy that has really helped you build the brand and the company? Oh man, there's so so many facets to this, but I would say two that really stand out to me. So number one is the podcast. I, I, I had no idea how expansive and how far the podcast could reach. I really had no idea. And it's been absolutely amazing to watch this thing continue to grow month over month over month. It's, it's amazing. Uh, outside of that, one of the things that worked really, really well for us is a Facebook group. That's changed, quite honestly, quite a bit over the past six months to a year. Uh, we aren't noticing the same level of growth, but we've got about 45,000 people, men, in a Facebook group, and we're having thousands and thousands of conversations on anything from leadership to self-development to physical fitness to assertiveness and communication. I mean, you name it, if it's important to men, we're we're having those conversations. And that Facebook group really allowed me and gave me the first taste for building an engaged community. And, and it'll change, you know, maybe it's Facebook now and maybe it's some other platform that has even yet to have been released. But we live in an age where people want to connect and, and technology is wonderful and it's amazing. Uh, but it also creates a little bit of separation and distance between the people we want to connect with. And I, I think that we can use technology to bridge the gap between us and our potential mem audience members. And, and the more that you learn how to do that and bridge that gap, the more successful we'll be when it comes to building communities. I was listening to a podcast this morning and, and they were talking about, and this is going to sound funny, it's kind of a backwards way of looking at this, but he said, people don't necessarily defend the accuracy or the right or wrong of their statements, they defend their tribe mm -hmm. and, and I, or their team. That's what they, that's the word he used. They defend their team. Well, Jesus, so whether at, it's right or wrong. Look at politics today. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. the lesson there is that you have to create the team. Now, granted, you want to create a team in truth. I'm not saying yeah. lie just as long as the team is, is delusional in that you want to create the team around truth, but it is really important that you create a community Think about the name order of man, order, brotherhood, society, fraternity, organization. 
it's a community of men banded together. It's us versus them, if there is a them, or us versus the world. And this is what we believe. This is what the quote unquote outsiders believe. The more that you can do that and and rally people around a cause and a team, I think the more successful you're going to be. So I completely agree with you on that. And in fact, we've got another show. I'm not sure if it's going to come out before this or after this with uh, Brandon Poulin, who is the co-founder, along with his wife, Kaylin, of LadyBoss.com. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they're just crushing it. Absolutely. And we talk about the secret sauce behind their success and, and community is a big part of it. So make sure you listen to that episode if you haven't yet. And uh, a Facebook group is a big piece of that as well. Now, your Facebook group, first question for you is, it sounds like it's free and open to the public? It is. It's okay. well, and, and I will say this, it's free and open to men. It is exclusively reserved for men just because that's, that's our audience. Yeah. Well, you don't um, have to be, you don't have to pay a fee to become a part of it. it that's correct. Yep. Okay. You just request access and, and, and you have access to that. Okay, great. And then, and then another part of this is that you have a growing apparel line and some really cool swag, right? And you and I, yeah, I'm trying about to, that. yeah. And, and I just wanted to know what kind of response are you getting from that? Are you getting an order a day? Are you getting more? Like what's, yeah, we probably like? at this point, I, I have this vision. I'll back up just for a second. I really have this vision that order of man could potentially become its own apparel line. And, and, and I don't, I'm quite honestly, I'm not that committed to that idea at this point, but I could definitely see that being something that happens in the future. Cause what I've seen is like, like, think about this, you go to a, a local 5k in, in your local town or, or city. And what do they give you? They give you this like really poorly designed, really bad quality t-shirt and everybody gets the shirt and they're like, Oh great. And then they throw it away, you know, when they get home. Yeah. <laughs> and my thought was, okay, these guys are asking for something they're like, Hey, do you have a shirt or a sticker or a hat or something? They were asking for it. So I'm like, yeah, we can do that. And so I, I initially, I went the cheap route and I had, you know, like 20 shirts made up or something and I got them and I'm like, I wouldn't, I would never wear this personally. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. so who else is going to wear it? And there, believe it or not, there's a few that are still floating around. I know there are cause I see them. <laughs> and, uh, I thought, I, I just said to myself, you know what? I, I'm not worried about profit on these things at this point. I mean, I want to make money. I want to break even on the thing. I don't want to lose money on the deal, but I'm just going to do this right. And so I've really spent a lot of time in investing in, in, in finding the right shirt and finding the right vendors and the right designer. And I started creating like high quality stuff that I would be proud to wear that somebody would wear it and they'd walk around and their chest would be out a little higher because they're like, I'm part of this and this looks good and it fits me right and I look good in it. And, and so to answer your question about we, we do anywhere from, I would say, five to 15 sales per day. It's not a lot, but just as an ancillary side to our business, it's pretty cool little, pretty cool little thing. Yeah, no, that's great. That's activity. That's definitely Absolutely. activity. That's a couple, yeah. you know, that's close to a hundred, hundred plus pieces a month. Exactly. Yeah. Totally agreed with you. I'm on the same, I'm on the same boat and we, you and I've talked about this recently on how difficult it is to actually find a quality one-stop shop for apparel. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's unbelievable. Like if somebody's listening to this yeah. and this is what they do, like, like shape it up. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Like get your stuff in line, like get a quick turnaround, get a designer, figure out a system to, to do the shipping. Like there is such a huge market and potential right here if you do it right. Yeah. It's, you know, we found that you've got to go find a wholesaler to get the blank stock, right? And mm -hmm. everybody, yep. they're all, they all sell the same brands of, of, the, of the blanks and you can find really high quality stuff. And they can print it for you usually, 
but then they, for some reason, don't do fulfillment or they don't do packaging design or they don't do right. stickers to include in there or they don't right. do whatever, right? And then so you have to have all of that wholesale stuff shipped to another fulfillment house who does that yep. half of it. And, it's, and then you need to get them talking to each other and, they, and, and there's miscommunication and you don't want to be the middleman because you're the business owner. You have other stuff to do. So you have to hire somebody to be a liaison to get those two parties to talk to each other. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. No. It's un- like if you're listening to this, there's a huge opportunity for this. Ryan and I have both been looking to do this for – I've been looking for three years now and I have yet to find a rock star shop that exceeds expectations that does everything. I found one that that will do everything, but they haven't met expectations and yeah, quality yeah. expectations. So anyway, off. If I didn't know know any better, I would just do it myself. But I, yeah. I know better than to like take on a new project that has nothing to do with what I want to do. Yeah, well, you know, ideally, and you know, I'm a, a good friend of Aubrey's at Onnit, and yeah. and had a chance to invest in in the company recently. So you know, I've got a kind of insight on what what they're doing, and I wear. On its apparel, literally, I'm wearing an on a shirt right now. I wear one almost every single day because they make the highest quality, best fitting, you know, casual wear that I've found. And yeah, and and he came out with a new line too, didn't he? Yeah, his own really kind of high end, high fashion yeah. deal. But the bottom line is that they order all the stock and 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 they, then they fulfill them from their warehouse here, so they handle all right. of that in house. So right. Uh, anyway, we've gone off on a, on a tangent that yes, I want to I want to pull back from. So. <laughs> Um, the goal, the goal today, and I, I just saw a squirrel here marketing wise. I can go down that rabbit hole too, man. So it's, it's easy yeah. for both of us to do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's nice when you're, you're talking to someone in a related business and you can talk shop, but the purpose and the, the goal I want to get back to for the message today was, you know, about the process that you went through as a guy personally in this evolution to go from you know, the beta male corporate America dude to like, you know, the alpha tribe leader, entrepreneur, rock star guy, right? So I know you've, uh, what was about a month ago, released your first book, essentially on this process. Yeah, Uh, you spent months, maybe a year writing down all of the wisdom that you've gained the, the techniques and strategies you use to transform yourself into this individual. I know it's called sovereignty. But We've got about 20 minutes left, 30 minutes left. Let's get back to focusing on the self-development process that you can share with guys today who are not the leader they want to be, but they believe that they have the potential and they have the desire to do that. Yeah, definitely. And and it's it's so critical. And I really wouldn't have... St- and I, I use the word stumbled because it truly was stumbling upon this because I had a lot of people asking me like, how did you do this? How did you do this? How did you do this? And and my initial response, if I was being truthful, was, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I just kind of morphed and, and, and gradually developed into something new. And I hear people say all the time, well, Ryan, you've changed. And usually when they're saying that, they say it, they're, they're, it's a negative connotation. But my response is, yeah, you're right. I've changed by, by intention. Like I've deliberately changed. We should be evolving was the word you used earlier. And so I was really forced through putting myself out there in the podcast and the Facebook group and all the things that we're doing to really articulate what it, uh, what it was specifically that I was doing in my life that was beginning to yield progress. You know, I started to look at the financial planning business and it, and it started to take off. I looked at the relationship and it was growing and I looked at my, my body and the events that I was doing and, and that was coming in line. I'm like, man, yeah, that's how did I do this? <laughs> 
And, and really, it was it's it's been years of just thinking about this and articulating this. And I know you've been on my podcast. And one of the questions I ask my guests all the time, every single guest that comes on the show is, what does it mean to be a man? And for me, compiling those answers was the first step because I wanted to know what, what, is, what do successful men believe it is to be a man? So I started to compile all of these answers and look. And what I found is there was this common thread. And there's really four or five common themes among every single answer. There's over 160 that I have right now. And, and those common threads are, number one, responsibility and accountability for themselves. That's number one, is that a man is accountable and responsible to himself. Number two, there, was, there seems to be this idea and this level of protection, that a man is supposed to be a protector, that he's supposed to be physically, mentally, emotionally strong so that he can protect himself, his loved ones, and also the people that he has an obligation for. So those are community members, neighbors, Maybe it's somebody in a, in a church environment, employees, the man's job is to protect. Num- number two is to provide. And when I say provide, mo- most people think, oh, financial provision. Well, yeah, that's an element of it, but it's also spiritual provision. It's mental and emotional provision, and it's lifting our kids up and lifting our families up and lifting our communities up. And then the last category that, that these answers seem to fall in line with was preside, which is this level of, of leadership that we are designed, uniquely designed, and we have certain characteristics that are able to, to, to or, or give us the capacity to lead ourselves and lead other people. And that was the first revelation for me when I really sat down and started to dig through what it means to be a man and then be able to quantify it into these three categories, protect, provide, preside. Then the question was, okay, good. If that's what we're supposed to be doing and all of these successful man, men are, are agree on this, then the next question is, how do we do this? And is there a battle that we need to fight? You know, John Eldridge, the author of Wild at Heart says, deep in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. And yet I think that most men probably aren't living to that. I know I certainly was was not when I, I went through the separation with my wife. And so I think the first step is recognizing that there's this battle. You know, society, I won't say an attack on masculinity, although it might be some of that, but there's certainly a dismissal of masculinity. And so there's this outside battle being waged that says men aren't important, men aren't relevant, we don't, we don't need men, masculinity is toxic and damaging to society as a whole, and I completely reject that idea and, and think actually the exact opposite. So we have this outside battle, but more importantly than that, we have this internal battle. And this is the most important thing that I think a man needs to understand is that you are your own worst enemy. If your job is to protect, provide, and preside, you have the ability to get into your way more than any other outside factor. Because men, generally speaking, we're immediate gratification. We're lazy. We want the easy route. We want something for nothing. We lie, we cheat, we steal because we, we, we want it all. And we want it all right now without the effort. And by doing that, we're sabotaging our own chances of success. So the first step in really understanding how to become a better man is understanding the battle that's being waged against you and the battle that you're waging against yourself. Yeah, love it. Love it, man. Keep going. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, from there, we really dive down into this protect, provide, preside component, but I didn't want it to just be something that we, you know, hey guys, just go out and protect. Go out and provide. Go out and preside. It's like, (laughs) that sounds really good and it's catchy, 
But like, what does that, what does that even mean? And how does that actually work? So what I started to do is I started to look at some different activities that successful men were doing on a daily basis and not just activities, but what values did they adhere to and what virtues could I see inside of these men? So I really poured over this stuff and really tried to figure this out and really tried to figure out what I had implemented in my own life. And I started listing out virtue after virtue after virtue. And I had like a hundred virtues and I'm like, okay, well, 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 good. Like this is all good. This is all important. But if I had to narrow this down, what would this look like? And so I, I look at things like love and compassion and empathy and kindness. Those, those are all wonderful things. I, I'm not trying to dismiss those things. But those aren't the key qualities or virtues that allow us to step into the role that I had identified as being important for us as men to step into. So I stripped away everything else that I felt like did not directly impact our ability to do that. Although I'm not dismissing those as virtues we should all cling to and strive for. And I narrowed it down to 13 virtues that I believe that if we as men adhere to, then we will able to be those protectors, providers, presiders. And more importantly, we'll just live a fulfilled life because we're stepping into the calling and the role that we're designed to step into. So yeah. I can break those down if you yeah, want. Yeah, no, man, I'm just listening. I, I, love, uh, I love how articulate you can be about this process. So I'm just, I'm just listening, man. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I just want to make sure I'm not rambling. That's my no, best no, because no, I have no. the ability to do that too. <laughs> my uh, well, you know this. I, you might be the same way. I know I am. My favorite guests are the ones who who just get into flow and go because that's okay, why you right. know that's why you're here. This is your this is your soapbox, man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what I'll do is I'll just go through these virtues then, and if there's one that you think, oh, I want to hit on that, then yeah. just interrupt me and we'll we'll dive deeper into it. Perfect. So, so the first one is self-reliance, which, you know, it, it is what it is relying on yourself. It doesn't mean that we can't accept a hand when it's given to us. You know, I, 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 I ask for help and guidance and direction from mentors and people like you and other people that I admire and look up to. But at the end of the day, like I've got to rely upon myself. That's number one. Uh, number two is intentionality that the things that we do on a daily basis, they have to be intentional. And most people aren't intentional. We're just going through these set of scripts that we programmed in our heads for so long that we don't even question if they're right or not. There's an old adage that says that a husband and wife were sitting in the kitchen and he watched the wife cut off of the end of the bread, cut the ends off and then put it into the oven for it to be cooked or something like, I'm probably butchering this. And he said, why do you cut the ends off? And she says, I don't know. That's what my mom taught me. He's like, all right, well, let's go talk to your mom. And so they went to mom and, and said, why, why do you cut the ends off this and then put it in the oven? And the mom, mom said, I don't know. That's what my mom always told me to do. So they went and talked to grandmother and, and, and they got to grandma. Why do you cut the ends off? She says, Oh, I had to cut the ends off because back in my time, the ovens were so small, we couldn't fit the thing in unless we cut the oven, the ends off. That's funny. It's like we've been, we don't even know where we get our stories and our scripts and our programming. And so part of taking control of your life is understanding what you do and why you're actually doing it. Like I see guys and, and uh, Jocko Willink, for example, and this is not to beat up Jocko Willink because he, he, he's got some things figured out definitely, <laughs> but he's got the four, four forty five club. And so I see guys are like, Oh, Ryan, I got to get up at four forty five because Jocko said, I'm like, wait a second. Like that works for Jocko and that works for millions of other men, but that doesn't work for me. And that may not work for you. So like, you've got to be intentional about what is going to work best for you and why exactly you're doing those things. The third one is discernment. So it's the ability to 
understand what is within your control and what is not. And this was hard because in an assertive man and in a, in a, in somebody who wants to achieve, we want to dominate and control everything. Like that's my personality. I'm sure that you have that to a degree as well as that. Like I've got to control, I've got to have it all under my control and know everything at every point. And that was making me sick, like literally physically sick because there's certain things, frankly, that are outside of our control. We can influence those things, but certain things are outside of our control. So it's best to focus on the things that are within our control. Uh, next is wisdom. And, and wisdom is about understanding what is truth and what is not. I mean, we live in an era that access to information is more relevant than it's ever been, although not all of it and a healthy portion of it is, is, is not is not right. It's, it's say fake 80, news. 80% of it's false. <laughs> exactly. Today. And so you, if, if you're making decisions based on false information, where is that going to lead you? And, and it's funny, you know, it's, we have the adage, it, 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 it's, it's mocked. Oh, because the internet said so. And we laugh about that, yet we all do it, right? We, we listen to that article or, or you even listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, well, Ryan and Mike said this, so I have to do this. Well, okay, you probably ought to qualify your sources first. You probably ought to really see if this is accurate. And then and only then can you, can you worry about applying it. Ownership is next. So basically, and I'm going to try to skim through these because I know we're shortened down on time. But ownership is next. Taking responsibility and ownership of your life, not blaming other people and outside factors. Uh, next, strength, physical, mental, emotional strength, humility. And this is a big one, especially for men. I think we have a harder time with this than women is we have our fragile egos that we're always trying to protect. And so being humble and asking for help and recognizing that you aren't as good as you think you are is critical to growth. Next is integrity. I don't even need to explain what that is. Conviction, uh, self-awareness, discipline. Uh, the, the next one I really, I actually, this is one of my favorite is mastery. Because people want, people want to win mostly and they think, well, if I win, then I'm a winner. Well, winners eventually plateau, losers quit, but masters, they continue to go. They drive and drive and drive and become better and better and better. You know, you think about uh, martial arts, for example, they have the, the belt system. And yet when you reach what most people deem as the highest belt or highest degree of, of mastery, the black belt, there's even different degrees of the black belt. And then they move on to uh, another practice or another uh, martial art because they're masters. They want to continue to get better at this thing. And then the last thing is taking courage and having courage and understanding that you're going to need to put yourself out there and make some moves that you're going to be scared to do. And those are the 13 virtues that I've identified. So these are all, you didn't just pull these out of, you know, <laughs> stuff you've read online. The, these are qualities that you've lived and had to really go through your own progression, you know, within Yes. What would you say, you know, we talked about the, the Jocko Willick example, right? Getting up at 445. I think, I think what's important for that is it's a pattern interrupt for people who are just discovering self-empowerment and self-improvement. Sure. Right? Like, what do you get it up at 445? You do that and you're, you're this kind of rock star military, you know, successful guy and I want to be like you. Well, you know, okay, cool. And so I think, I think that's the, it's kind of like Tim Ferriss's four-hour workweek book. Sure, it was of course. A, it was a pattern interrupt. It's like, I can look at the world and think in a very different way here. And you go through that, and then you discover, as you said, yeah, that either works for me or it doesn't. But at that point, you've started looking for uh, you know, your own path. And so when guys who are listening to this are really just kind of getting started, I think what worked best for me 
is I had to find a teacher that I could model. And now that I think about it, that's exactly what you are for a lot of these guys, what Jocko is, etc. So that I could just observe and, and see a different way of behaving and a different set of decisions that are made and a different way of living, right? And then I can, I can kind of develop my own self from there. Where would you suggest guys start? Obviously, your book is a, a perfect place. The podcast is a great place as well. But if you could go back to your own evolution and if you have to start somewhere, what is that? Is it starting with the physical fitness component? And that's where I tend to, to focus on when if I'm at a really low point, if I'm in a big life transition, which I've gone through a couple, yes, and I'm just not myself and I'm in a funk, I start with physical fitness because uh, it changes your body chemistry, it changes your hormone levels, it gets rid of all of the crap hormones that are making you feel like, you know, depressed or whatever it may be. It gets rid of those and then it also starts to boost your confidence, right? You hold your body differently, you look better in the mirror and it just starts you down a much more positive path in a very fundamental way. So that's kind of what I default to. What would, what would your advice be? That, that's a really, it's a really good question because all we are is the inputs that we have, right? The reason that you have found yourself wherever you are, whether you're, you consider yourself a failure or a success, and I'm sure you consider yourself both as I do. I feel like I'm succeeding in some areas and failing at others is because of the inputs that we put into our brain and consumed and those manifest the outputs, the, the results, the consequences of the inputs. So in order to change your life, you need to introduce something new. So to answer your question where I focus, I, I'm with you. I think this this physical fitness side of things is the single best place to focus. Number one, because it's not convoluted. Everybody knows how to get in shape. Like you just go lift heavy things or run around for a little bit and, and get yourself out of breath and eat clean. And sometimes people say, what does it mean to eat clean? Come on. Like everybody knows what it means to eat healthy. Like cut out the processed sugars, eat vegetables and fruits and you know the, the fats like every, I think everybody knows that and so it's the lowest hanging fruit and I think it also produces the 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 best returns you can you can physically see the returns that it's producing in your body and your and the scale and your mass and your muscles and how it's affecting you it is literally changing who you are in your makeup as you say so I think con the, the condition component of this is critical, but I, but I focus on four main areas and it really doesn't matter where you start because what happens is when you improve yourself, and I think we alluded to this earlier, Mike, when we talked about improving in one area will naturally help you improve in others. So if you take physical fitness, for example, and you start going to the gym every day and working out and eating right, that requires commitment. It requires discipline. It requires scheduling. It requires being a little bit more intentional and deliberate about your time. Well, surprise, surprise, all of those things actually translate perfectly over into your business and translate perfectly over into your relationships. So it doesn't matter where you start, but the four components are, as you said, condition is, is one of them. That's physical fitness. The other one that we focus on is connection. So those are your relationships. The next one is contribution. That's you showing up as a man of value. Now, sometimes we're compensated, for example, when it comes to business. Other times it might just be serving and giving back in the community. And then the fourth component of this is what I call calibration. And that's getting right with yourself, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual well-being. So those are the four components. Now, to answer your question of where do you start, look in your current circle. Just, just spend a little time right now. If there's one thing you can do outside of this podcast, look in your current circle 
and, and take those four components and find and identify men and women who are succeeding in those areas. Like who is the most physically fit person that you know? Great. It's John, my neighbor. He's physically fit. He's strong. He's athletic. He does races and events and he's a triathlete, whatever. Good. Write John's name down. Now pick up the phone and call John and invite him to lunch or ask if you can go for a run with him or ask him if you can go work out with him. If we take contribution, for example, and this is where I was in my financial planning practice for about two years. I struggled, man. I really struggled. I didn't know how to get this figured out. And I looked around in my office and there was two agents, two financial advisors who every single month, month after month after month were producing. And I'm like, how are these guys doing this? And I was getting so frustrated. And then finally I realized because I actually was very close to throwing in the towel. I said, well, before I throw in the towel, let me just see if I can figure out what they're doing. So I approached these two producers and I said, hey, I'm fairly new in the business. I'm really struggling here, which took a lot of humility. And I see that you're producing big results. Can I take you to lunch? And both of them were like, yeah, let's go to lunch. And I took them to lunch and I spent 10 bucks on a lunch for them or whatever. And they started to share all of their wisdom. And I eventually started to partner with one of them and I would bring him on appointments with me and he would share everything I know. And he would step in and kind of get things back on track when it needed to be. And it really is what helped me go on to create a very successful financial planning practice because I, I asked, I looked in my current circle and I saw that these are the people that are succeeding when it comes to connection. Who, who is the best father that you know? Who is the best husband that you know? Who is the most networked individual that you know? Start looking at that. Start inventorying that and simply reach out. Ask for help. Ask for guidance. Ask to go do something together. Put on, a, put on an event. Put on a fight night. Go golfing. I mean, there's so many different ways. Just start including these men in your life. And before you know it, you're going to look around and think, man, I've got a pretty tight knit, like strong band of brothers. I know I could call you if I needed help and you'd be willing to help and you can call me and there's thousands of other people. Both of us can call because we're willing to reach out and ask for some help when we needed it. Yeah. This is how, this is how you do it. Yeah. Agreed. 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 I think it's a big part of just, again, finding that person that you want to model, right. And then just seeing and observing and doing what they do and, and making that decision and remembering that it's a process, not an event. And I think fitness is yeah. a, a phenomenal reminder of that because it's not like you can go to the gym twice and be like, what the hell? Why haven't I lost 10 pounds? Right. <laughs> Wouldn't so, that be nice though? Yeah. Right. And, um, and you don't want it to even be easy. I mean, no, you yeah. really want it to be a challenge because yeah. that means that you're, you're growing. It's again, it's new input. If it's easy, it's, you, you already have the lesson figured out. So you're not even testing yourself. You're not pushing yourself. So you want it to be a challenge and that's what makes it exciting. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ryan, this has been uh, this has been awesome, man, to finally have you on the show, and we we covered a, a wide range of topics today. But uh, obviously, I think this message is going to resonate with uh, with my audience really, really well. And guys, if you haven't plugged into Order of Man yet, make sure you go subscribe to the podcast. Uh, obviously, Ryan is incredibly talented as uh, a speaker, and uh, it's nice to have someone on the on the show who uh, who has that quality and that talent, which we don't have a chance to do very often on here. And then make sure you go pick up a book. Head to Amazon, pick up a copper, copy of Sovereignty. Ryan, have you done an audiobook version of that yet? Yeah. So we've got we've got four different versions. So there's the hard hardcover, paperback, there's the audio version, and then the ebook. So all all of them are available on Amazon. Man, go to Amazon, at least pick up a copy of the audiobook and listen to that on the way home today or at the gym. 
right? And just start plugging through it. That's the way I've found that I, I get through most of my, my books uh, the quickest, uh, that and podcast too. So yeah, absolutely. Very cool, brother. Well, congratulations on getting that out and for all of the work that you've put into that and on your success of uh, Order of Man and, and just the business in general, man. It's been uh, really cool to watch your progression over the last three years and uh, you guys are just going to keep cranking. Mike, I just, I want you to know is that I really appreciate you. You know, three years ago, I, I was looking to you as somebody I aspired to be like and and, and had that little healthy level of competition. And I can't tell you what it means to me to be able to, to be friends and have these conversations and, and to call you a colleague and a friend. So I really appreciate you, brother. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. It's been awesome. It's been, uh, it's been really cool to both kind of find our calling in a similar format and to both have uh, success in it and to be transforming a lot of lives, man. It's, it's hard to beat that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks again for listening. As always, I appreciate your show of the support. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. Same with Ryan. Tell us what you learned on today's episode and that you're listening and maybe what you want to hear next. I appreciate that very much and we'll see you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,